Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. This is Journeys with Jen, and I'm Jennifer Griego. And I climb like hell through the brush and the bramble. Even though I had my doubts, told myself don't look down. And I turned that hill into a pile of gravel. It was only a mountain. Nothing but a big old rock. Only a mountain. It ain't hard if you don't stop. It just took a little step. A right, then a left, then a couple million more. Who's counting? Hell, it's only a mountain. Today, I am here again with Jay Scott. Uh, it's kind of full circle because I did my first podcast with Jay, and now I'm doing another one with Jay. Um, my dad is here as well, as per usual. Um, so, Jay, how is it going? It's been a little bit. It's going great, Jen. You know, is this the time in the podcast where I get to say that you're my favorite, Griego, or should I save that for later? <laughs> Whenever you want to say it's all good, Jay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sitting right here, so that, that counts against me. We don't have David or Tony on here. It's a little, little awkward, isn't it, Bob? <laughs> don't worry. I'm used to cringy moments. I have Jennifer in my life. So. Wow. All I, all I do is tune into Instagram to see the next adventure that Jen is on, whether it be gator hunting or elk hunting or or uh, releasing podcasts with the who's who in the hunting industry. It's just been a fun uh, time, to Jennifer, to watch you just um, blossom, and, and uh, your podcast is going great. I've listened to several of them, and um, it looks like you're having a lot of fun with it. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely come a long way since the first one with you, and it's been a ton of fun. I've talked to a bunch of people, um, and I can't wait to see where it goes. But, yeah, it's been a great time so far. I don't know yeah, if you... you know, kind of Go ahead. I don't know if you happened to catch Russ Jacoby asking who you were on Jennifer's last mm-hmm. podcast with him. He's like, Jay who? I don't know Jay. Jay who, yeah. <laughs> yeah, old Russ, he's a, he's a great guy. Um, just a buffalo nut. I mean, it's, 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 Russ is one of those guys that he's so smart and he's so detail-oriented. Um, most of my interaction with him has been in the sheep woods, and we've uh, you know guided in the same units together. Uh, we, you know, work together on a few sheep hunts and he's just a phenomenal guy and I've had him on my podcast, but, you know, Russ is just one of those guys that, you know, is super intelligent and mm-hmm. he doesn't do anything halfway. He just goes all out and, um, he's just really done an amazing job up there, you know, monitoring those buffalo up on the Kaibab Plateau and, uh, really cut a niche for himself, uh, in that market and, um, Super, super great guy, and he's a phenomenal uh, hunter. And um, yeah, it's always fun talking with Russ. I'm sure you guys had a great conversation with him. Mm, yeah, he's like you said, he's just so intelligent about so many things. He seemed to know everything that I asked him a question about, um, and more than I could have ever asked for. And just spending the couple days with him up there that I did, it was so much fun, and especially. Um, since I didn't take a nap the whole day I was hunting with him, um, I learned a lot about like how he deals with the buffalo and takes care of them, and it was just a whole big day. But it was a, definitely I learned a lot from him, and again, talking to him on the podcast, I learned a lot as well. It's amazing how much she can learn when she's awake, Jay. Yeah. It's just incredible. <laughs> You'd think I'd want to <laughs> stay awake more. Yeah, and she gets some of it from osmosis. You know, She may be asleep some of the time, but she's still soaking it in. You know, <laughs> exactly. One of the things, uh, Jen, about Russ that, that I always love is uh, from a tech, technological standpoint, and I call him, you know, like the tech guru. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, you know, radios, when it comes to, you know, new cameras, videos, anything that's like techie, you know, he's an engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, quad tires, truck tires, like he's already done the full research. So I just say, in, you know, instead of Googling it, just call Russ <laughs> and say, Russ, what are the best, you know, handheld radios out there? And he'll be like, okay, this is the one you want. Know, and he goes on and on and on, and he'll send you <laughs> diagrams. And, you know, so use him uh, as a tool because he loves uh, sharing information. Uh, but I'm glad you got to spend some time with him. And did, did you end up getting a buffalo? I did. I actually got one the first day. Unreal. Hey, did you have a track record of getting things sometimes on the first day? Sometimes, yeah. Um, <laughs> my coos deer hunt that I went on, um, like end of August, early September, we hunted, my dad and I hunted two weekends, about five days, and didn't see a buck. Not even a doe, oh, actually. Man. We didn't see anything. So that was one of the times I did not have that luck. But I have, knock on wood, tended to have a little bit of first day luck. And a shout out to Jay, to Seth Mieske, who's awesome with 
helping us and getting that set up and everything. The the Coosier just didn't cooperate, but uh, he puts, you know, sort of like you were talking about with Russ, he knows the, the Coosier in his area uh, by strawberry and pine, and he puts water out for them and all that stuff, and he really works very hard at it. It's just sort of tough to predict where they're going to be. So, mm-hmm. But uh, that was one you of it. Jennifer needed a little bit of humility. She needed more than a one-day hunt. She got like four or five days up there without seeing one, so she was kind of doomed yeah, for that. Yeah, you know, it just makes when you actually get one, you know, those coos there can be tough. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny, the late part of August, uh, you know, they can be patternable all summer long. I mean, just I'm sure Seth had just pictures and pictures and, and just, you know, a great pattern. And it seems like right there, uh, you know, right when the archery hunt starts, kind of right there at the end of, you know, third week of August, late late part of August, it seems over the years I've just seen them throw the pattern, you know, to the wind and yeah. it becomes very difficult. Um, so I'm sorry you didn't get one, but yeah, Seth is a uh, salt-of-the-earth guy. You know, I don't know if Seth told you, but uh, he is one person I know that I can say has been shot, and uh, mm-hmm. he was actually high, he is highway patrol mm-hmm. uh, and got shot in the line of duty and, um, you know, got shot multiple times and, He's told that story on my podcast, and he, he guides with us down in Mexico for deer and hmm. uh, been on a lot of sheep hunts with him. He's just a just a great guy, um, just just a solid, solid guy for sure. Absolutely, yeah, um, absolutely great guy. And he did tell us that story. It's, you know, I'm, our whole family, we have a lot of respect for law enforcement officers. They put their lives at risk every day when they go to work, and he was lucky to survive that deal. I think he got shot four times, four or five times or something. Yeah, crazy, wow. crazy stuff out there. Yeah, but he was obviously he was great on that hunt. Um, like we said, like we didn't see anything. He had cameras out, but you know what happened? And like my dad said, yeah. I did need a couple of those hunts to humble me to get <laughs> instead of getting it <clears throat> the first day. It was we like, got to bring you down a little bit. Then <clears throat> you're you, you're just floating. You're just floating up <clears throat> there in the clouds, and we got to sometimes we got to just bring you down a little bit. So little did you know, I told Seth, I said. Make sure you take them where they're not going to be here because Jen's just been having too much success that we need to drop her down a couple notches. But, Jen, That's right. what's up exactly. with this gator? Because, I mean, historically, the Griego, in the Griego family, <laughs> Tim is known as, as the gator killer. And um, you, like, blew his gator out of the water, didn't you? Quite literally, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Timmy got his gator when he was eight. Um, and obviously he was known as Gator, has been known as Gators for, I don't even know how, he's 15, so seven years. Yeah, that's his nickname, Gator yeah, Griego. Gator, and, um, yeah, so I, I got the biggest Gator in the family, I actually beat my dad's by a couple inches, uh, it was that 11 foot 8 inches, <laughs> and, um, it was, it was funny because my dad said that his was like 11 4 or something, and so they measured it, and they go, 11, 8. And I thought they were kidding. I thought they were just saying that because my dad was, like, 11, 4 or, or whatever. And then he goes, no, seriously. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was crazy. Uh, but, That's yeah, it awesome. was. we saw a ton of gators. It was a great experience. Um, and it's a different type of hunting because uh, usually, well, especially with the target for me, was kind of what is, like, the hardest thing. Um, it wasn't for us and where we were. It Explain what you mean, the target. Yeah. Like, we saw a bunch of gators, but it's they. You have to shoot them not quite in the eye, but like a little bit behind, like right in the brain. Why is that? Because let me finish. Okay. Because if you don't, um, and they can go straight underwater, and then you may not be able to find them. You can drag. They can. Like you can drag the water with like. So you're they're in the water. So all yeah. that's sticking up is their eye. Most of the times, yeah, when you water. shoot them, they're in the water, and a lot of times you'll see pictures of alligators, and when they're in the water, and all you can see is their head and maybe a little bit of their nose. Um, and so you want to aim a little bit behind the eye because that's where the brain is. Obviously, depending on your angle, that's just what you want to hit. And because if you don't hit that, if you hit a little bit low, you hit a little bit back or whatever, they can drop underwater and they can go and they can go for a long time. My mom shot yeah, hers a, long way. Yeah. a little bit, not quite in the brain and they, we lost it and then they found it a couple of days later. It was floating, but they lost the hide because it had died a while ago. So it's very, you have to be very precise with your, tr- with your like very accurate um but usually it's not that long of a shot like it's usually around 50 yards probably so i or less yeah or less um but when i shot mine he went straight under and usually they kind of do like what they call like the wave and so they'll flip back and kind of throw their hand up and they kind of call it like the wave because it looks wave like they're goodbye. waving goodbye and mine didn't do that mine just dropped straight down and so they were like crap 
like we think you missed and i was like well that sucks never live this one down um <laughs> we would never criticize in our family no, jay never. you know that yeah. if she sure. missed yeah no. Never, never kick someone while they're down in the Griego plant. Never. <laughs> Always <laughs> lift them up. And then you kick them down, so it's more satisfying <laughs> for you. No, but so I shot him, and he went straight down, and I was like, crap. And so usually, not to sound like, I don't know, selfish or anything, or not humble, usually if you make a good shot, everyone's high-fiving and cheering. And that did not happen. It was the exact opposite. Everyone was quiet, and they were like, shoot, like we think you missed. And I was like, crap. And... Um, they had just shot the gun earlier. The gun was dead on at 50 yards. And I was just sitting there. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, if I lose this gator, I'm going to be really mad. Because they, they knew it was a big gator. And I was like, if I, sh- if I shoot it and I hit it bad and it goes underwater and we don't find it until it's already dead. Um, like what happened to my mom. Like, this could be terrible. And so they didn't see bubbles when it went under. So, like, okay, they didn't think that he went under and swam because they would have seen bubbles. And obviously he didn't do the waves. So, like, they didn't really know what happened. Um, but they were like, okay, let's just drag for him to see maybe he's there. Maybe he's just dead over there. And so what they did was they took fishing rods with like a hook and a weight on it and they just dragged. Like a treble hook? <coughs> right? No, it was just no. a big single open like saltwater okay. hook. Okay. Yeah. And they take it and they dragged, I shot mine in the canal and they dragged it. They dragged the canal, um, kind of where, where I shot him. And luckily he had died and I shot him pretty much right in the brain, but he just reacted differently than they usually do. And he dropped straight down and um ron reboot i did a podcast with him um <coughs> he got him first and, and with what's his organization who were we hunting with yeah w- it was a wounded warrior outdoors hunt um sadly i didn't t- hunt with get, did not get to hunt with any of the wounded warriors because they came in today and i had to leave yesterday um but it was a hunt with them on, on the land ron has down there in florida and with hoppy kempfer and so they dragged and ron's like okay i think we got him and then so hoppy got his hook in him and they're bringing him up like, Jen, get the rifle, get the rifle. And I was like, okay, so chances are they're going to bring him up and I'm going to have to shoot him in the head to finish him off. And so they bring him up. And I was like, this is kind of not how I assumed it would go because he wasn't moving. Wasn't <laughs> like usually I'm like, maybe they're usually like splashing around, you know, and he yeah. wasn't moving. I was like, okay, well, I think he's dead, but I don't want to assume anything. Um, so they bring him in and I go like, oh my gosh, like this, he looks dead. But um, I, and I shot him again, just like kind of to cut the spinal cords to make sure that he was gone uh but yeah he ended up being dead the whole time well yeah but Unreal. it was yeah it was a roller coaster of emotions Unreal. for a second <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I, I know what it's like you know when you make a shot and you're like man i thought it was good and then it doesn't look like it and then all of a sudden it is you're like on a roller coaster of emotions exactly. mm-hmm. um I, i've been there before so i'm sure you were just elated once you realized okay yeah and so was there some, you know, high fives and such then, or was yeah, it, there uh, definitely was, was. It too late at that point. No, yeah. it definitely was then, and it was kind of like I was steady. I had a good rest. I had it on like the gun claw on a tripod, and I had it back. Like, my shoulder had a rest, and I was like, I felt really good. I felt on him. He wasn't moving. I had time to set up, and my dad got it on video actually, and the bullet kind of hit the water, and so I'm like, maybe I hit like maybe an inch low. Um, and it looked like you were right in line, maybe a little bit in front of him. But I'm sitting there watching it back and forth on my phone going, there's no way that bullet didn't hit him right where she wanted to. Yeah. And it turned out that it did. She hit him absolutely perfectly. But he just didn't react like they usually do. When you hit him in the brain, they usually flop and wave and that stuff. And it, her just went straight down. So yeah. but it was perfect shot. Yeah, but it, it luckily we dragged. What's crazy from my perspective is I went, I'm here in Colorado at the ranch and I got a picture of your um, bull that you shot, and mm-hmm. then it seemed like, to me, it seemed like two days later, then I see a picture of a <laughs> gator. It probably was, you know, five or six days or something, but it seemed like it was, like, I'm thinking, how in the world did she get from shooting a bull, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. she's all the way across the country in Florida, and now she shot a gator, and both great animals, and I was like, this girl's on fire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these next couple of weeks are crazy busy. Uh, but yeah, I got my bull on Sunday night, um, last well, Sunday Before you night. finish with your gator, so we thought your gator was about a 10-foot class gator. Yeah. And it turned out it was 11-foot-8, so it's one of those definite not, not definitely not ground shrinkage, but grew quite a bit more than what we thought, and it was just a, and that's a really old alligator, like maybe 70 years old, something like that. How, right? how old? Probably about 70. Oh my goodness, that's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I asked Hoppy, or my dad asked Hoppy, like, um, kind of how old they like a 12 foot gator would be and he goes really it can be anywhere from like 20 to 80 
Um, but usually they grow a foot um, every year until they're about seven or eight foot. And then they don't grow as much, but they get like girthier and like they get bigger, just not longer. And they'll grow another four to six inches every year, but they usually get bigger. So he was really big and long. It was oh, yeah, it was super heavy, giant, just giant body wise, real wide tail and everything, just a real old well, end of his life mature alligator. So that, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That so I know there's already one for sure. There might even be two gator mounts in the Griego household. <laughs> Is this? I don't know if your room's even big enough. Then. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's my dad has a, his alligator form out my mom has a skull timmy has like the rug over his bed and then david has a skull i think i'm honestly not sure um so i'm getting mine a skull and then um i'll get kind of the hide i'm getting the like it's back so with the ridges on it and then yep. i'll get that tanned and then i'll probably hang it um in my room or i don't know maybe yeah, my college like dorm just the skin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i was just gonna say when you go to college next year i think you have a birthday coming up by the way so happy birthday but thank you yeah um, it's tomorrow okay. when you go to college next year i'm thinking that's a great icebreaker for your roommate just have a big gator high uh, <laughs> hanging over the uh over over your bed and be like yeah here i'm my name's jen what's your name mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it's yeah. good boy repellent because when she has like a you know an almost 12 foot alligator head on the table <laughs> it, it kind of lets guys know be careful <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm almost, I've almost earned the Uncle Jay status. So, I'm, <laughs> you know, between between her dad and brothers and all that, and then they got to get by Uncle Jay. It's, you know, Jen, you've got a really tall task ahead of you if you, if, you know, the dating scene. Oh, I know. And then I have Eddie, who's like threatened a couple of people who like, they're like friends. And, or yeah. like the In the Wounded Warriors. I'm like, oh my gosh. There's a gauntlet. Yeah. People got to yeah. run the gauntlet. For yeah. sure. Yeah. It's a good thing. <laughs> yes it is so so talk to jay about um the elk hunt and how yeah. you got your tag and yeah well what i wanted to mention like oefra we talked about kind of how i've kind of been on a roll getting animals especially the last couple of years i've had a lot of success and a lot of tags through oefra um but like you mentioned jay i do have a birthday coming up um so i won't be getting as many tags from outdoor experience for all because i'll be 18 you won't be getting any more tags yeah i won't be getting any tags so i'll be kind of in the normal realm with you people getting draw tags and stuff like that uh but it's kind of it's cool because i'll be able to hopefully help on the way for hunts um but the tag for my elk hunt thanks to you jay um i definitely would have gotten that tag without you uh it was your mom's tag she drew it and donated it to me uh, so thank you so much for that. That was an amazing hunt, an amazing animal that I got, and it wouldn't have been for you if I hadn't gotten it. Well, we can't think of a better place for that tag to go, and, you know, we uh, love your family so much, and we just thought it was a great opportunity with you turning 18 to, you know, get on a, another great elk hunt, and uh, so I'm glad you made the most of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about that hunt is this year, you know, antler growth was so good across the state in most places but then we had really dry monsoon rains, and so i was really curious as to uh how that rut was going to go and you know if the if the elk would break their antlers or or what and then that hunt as well i think doesn't didn't start till like the fourth or something like that of Mm -hmm. october exactly um so i'm just curious like how how did it go you know did you see you know, antler breakage, you know, were they rutting still very intensely or was it kind of lackluster? And, you know, I've kind of gotten reports all across the state as, you know, that it was never very a really intense rut. And I think a lot of that is the feed uh, across the state Mm -hmm. because it was such a dry monsoon wasn't great. But I'm curious to hear uh, the report because I've seen the pictures of your hunt uh, and your mom got a great hole too, but Mm -hmm. I I haven't really heard the details. Yeah, well, I want to talk to you about this as well, because in Arizona on the RO, on the RO ranch, 18B, kind of by Prescott, um, it, like you said, the feed wasn't very good because we had a really dry monsoon season. Uh, I think Corey Pritchard is the outfitter. I think he said that they got 50% less rain than they usually do. Um, so their monsoon season was really dry. Um, they weren't really running hard. I mean, obviously, I've only been on like two elk hunts in the rut, so I can't really say that much. But based on what Corey was saying, they, they weren't they had really just started running, running hard. about a week before your yeah. hunt. But one of the things uh, Corey did say was they didn't get the moisture, Jay, that a lot of the parts of the state did. 
<clears throat> they had good winter moisture, they had pretty weak spring moisture, and they did not have the antler growth that they usually have on an average year there. So it was they, a lot of the bulls had good bottom ends, good first points, and there were still quite a few with weak tops, sort of, you know, a little better than last year, but not kind of the banner year that um, we had mm -hmm. expected. And it was, Corey was saying, it was funny, a lot of the areas around them got rain, the RO just didn't get it. So there were not the abundance of 380 class bulls that there typically are on that ranch. And, you know, they did, they rutted late, but they were rutting pretty good by the time we got there. Mm -hmm. Lots of broken Did you bulls. see much breakage or, or not really because they really had just started rutting? Yeah, there was, um, my mom's bull was broken. Um, <clears throat> actually, it's kind of funny. I passed up the bull my mom shot twice. I passed it up the first night and I passed it up the second night because we, that ranch usually has really big bulls. So we were like, okay, and we asked Corey, we're like, is it reasonable to hold out for, we thought this bull was maybe like 260 class, 270s, or 370s, <laughs> not twos, uh, yep. 360, 370. And my dad's like, is it reasonable to hold out for a 380 plus bull? And he's like, it should be. We've seen a few of them. They had only shot um, two or three bulls before we got there. And they had seen bigger ones, not often, and they hadn't seen them within the past couple of days, but they knew that they should be there. Um, but my mom's, was the one she got was broken on the 5th, like on his 4th. And then by the time my mom shot him, which was a couple days after I saw him, he had been broken again. Um, but actually, it was surprising. The bull I shot wasn't broken at all. Um, so that was kind of, it was crazy since we hadn't seen any non-broken bulls that when, <coughs> like the whole time we were there. But uh, yeah, they were running a lot of, they were starting to break. Um, but yeah, there wasn't that many big ones as we had expected. Yeah, but I did, luckily I did get a very nice 353 bull. So The hard thing was, Jay, to tell when they're all broken up, which bull it was. You know, if mm -hmm. you're, if there was a big yep. bull there and suddenly he's got no fourths and there were several that had three or four points broken off and you, they're unrecognizable as far as if that's one of the big ones you'd seen before. So, you know, mm -hmm. and that, that's kind of typical on that ranch. They usually have a pretty intense rut. There's a lot of cows, and um, lots of bulls come onto the ranch to it, and there's just they tend to fight really aggressively and break off main beams and all that sort of stuff. So it was kind of hard. You know, there were three or four bulls they were hoping that uh, Jennifer or Carol could get on, and they didn't see those bulls um, during their hunt. And they, we, we may have seen them, just couldn't recognize them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I face the same thing. I'm here at the Ot 6 Ranch in Colorado, a ranch that I manage for a private family here. And, um, you know, we had good winter moisture here, and we had a really um, cold, snowy, kind of like nothing thawed spring. And uh, then we had virtually no uh, summer moisture. And so we're really dry here. But one of the things we noticed is, antler growth here was not even as good as last year last year was one of the worst droughts in 80 years well wow. uh but an interesting thing is i think and i don't know if this happened on the ro but um even though we had good winter moisture it stayed so cold so long i think these bulls here were not on green feed in the spring when they first dropped their antlers and started growing i think they were hmm. still having to fight and compete a little bit for feed and paw a little bit through the snow and I think that totally reflected in the antlers. Um, most of our bulls were down. Uh, the antler growth was not near as good as even last year. It wasn't as good as 17. So I've been here three years now, and this was probably the worst antler growth year. Another wow. interesting thing is um, our bulls really, really broke up this year. Mm. Um, we had pretty good rutting. It started a little bit late, uh, and they're pretty much just finishing now i mean a lot of the small bulls and stuff are still trying to chase cows but uh our mature bulls here also broke their antlers uh you know fought a lot and, and really broke up so you know it, it's interesting how different conditions at different times of the year can you know make great antlers and it can be pockety all over the state it can you know be good in this unit not good in this unit uh and we experienced a little bit of that here so um, Jennifer, your bull that you shot looked like just a beautiful bull. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about, you know, had that been a bull that you had been seen and you finally decided to go after him, or was it one of those that you saw and as soon as you saw him you said, like, 
that's the one I want, or how, how did it go down? It was kind of a race kind of to get that bowl. Like I said, I passed up the bowl. My mom ended up shooting twice, hoping that we would see a bigger one because we saw it the first night and the second night. And, so and you were only going to hunt three days, right? Yeah, it was Friday, Saturday night, and I could hunt Monday morning, but the mornings were rough because they were going in the timber so early. Uh, we were basically chasing them through the timber in the morning, so it was really hard to get on them. So we wanted to get it Sunday night because Monday morning we assumed if I had to shoot one, it would be one that I um, wouldn't want to shoot, like a small bull. So it was Sunday night, and we were just driving around. We had, I think, like five people on different knobs looking for us, and it was around around 6 o'clock, and it gets, like, dark at 6.37. And we were, <coughs> we were trying to see if anyone had seen anything um, and one of the guys had seen a couple of three fifty class bulls and we were like, okay, can we get on them? Uh, and then we were relaying through the people because we were so far, um, that the cook Trina was looking for us and she found a bull and she said, it looks nice. It looks like three fifties bull and he wasn't broken and he would be easy to get to. So we, <clears throat> so we went over to where she was and we, he was a thousand, maybe a thousand yards off the road. So we get out and we head out and um, I didn't know how big he was. I didn't ask how big he was. And I we just probably had about eight minutes of light left. Yeah. And I didn't, yeah. I was like, I just didn't want to know. Um, I knew he was probably smaller than my goal and probably smaller than the one that I had passed up. But like he was still a really nice bull. So I wasn't, obviously wasn't mad about him. I'm very satisfied and very happy with the bull that I got. Um, but I just knew that it was game time. We had, like my dad said, a couple minutes of light left. Um, and that I, we had to haul it over there to get, to get a shot at him. And so we got 500 yards from him, and we um, Corey goes, okay, you can shoot here from 500, or we can go down kind of this little wash thing and maybe try to get at 200 yards. And I was like, you know, I'm comfortable with this shot. We don't really have time to go try and get a 200-yard shot. Like, oh, we'll do it here. So my dad threw his pack down. And they were starting to leave, too. I mean, <coughs> yeah. to try to get closer it would have been tough. They would have been moving off pretty quickly, and they were in an open area, so we just got jennifer set up yeah uh so my dad threw his pack down i put my gun on it um and he was quartering really hard away and barely a little bit to his left so i had a i my first shot wasn't that um it dropped him it was a spine shot so i wasn't happy that i hit him in the spine but luckily i did well let's be honest so you shot at 500 yards yeah and he just dropped completely he just was done yeah that was one of those high five moments yeah <laughs> i mean jennifer put another round and she goes where is he? I go, he's on the ground. He's, he's done. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I was, awesome. I'm glad I, ma I was able to make that shot, uh, especially with, with the angle I had and like the whole situation. But yeah. Yeah. So we ended up, uh, we got to, there wasn't, uh, like obviously the pictures were, um, what Jay mentioned that we got some nice pictures. I had to edit those a little bit cause it was pretty much dark by the time I got those. But yeah, luckily but it was I was a, able your to mom, your mom can believe it cause we hauled over there to get you set up and you got prone and I told you what to dial your scope to as I ranged it and you just laid down it's like as soon as he turns a little bit and we cow called he just turned a tiny bit and she squeezed the trigger and great follow through and that bull just dropped straight to the right. ground and Carol's like oh my gosh how does she do that <laughs> <laughs> Carol's that's like, my girl that's right <laughs> Carol's like I hope, I hope I don't have to do it like that do I have to hurry like that and get a shot at 500 yards and uh, was Carol able to go right there with you, or did she stay back and watch, or what did she do? She was right there with us pretty much every every stop we went on. She was right there with us, yeah. So Jennifer's hunts Friday evening, Saturday, and Sunday. She was the one hunting. Carol wasn't. We were going to wait till Jennifer was done. So we were all three together for Jennifer's hunt, and um, then Carol started the next day. But it was fun to be able to do it as a family, and, and then Jennifer had to get back to Phoenix to go to school the next day. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. What about Timmy? Was he there? No. Nope, the boys weren't there. They all, David uh, wasn't back from Creighton yet, and Timmy had school. Had school so, yeah. And Jennifer wasn't out of school either. I mean, she wasn't on break. She will be starting next, next week. week. but So she played hooky for a day. And two days this I, week, I'm, but it's fine. <laughs> I pretty much believe school's overrated. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> but it definitely uh, is for the Griegos. I <laughs> a great elk hunt is worth way more than any day at school. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I don't think you remember what you learned in uh, chemistry or math as much as you remember what you learned on the elk hunt or your experience. It doesn't get indelibly plastered into your brain like a hunting experience. I agree. Yeah. That's right. Now, Jen, you shot five sheep, if I'm... If yes. my math is correct, 
Yes. And you've had some pretty intense hunts. Was the elk hunt as intense? Did you feel that same feeling, you know, with it cutting down to the wire on Sunday? Was it one of those things where you had that had the juices flowing? Or were you able to stay, you know, fairly calm and just get over there and get it done? What was, what was it like? It was stressful, to say the least. Um, especially hearing on the radio and talking to Corey and my dad, sitting there in the car, kind of like, well, what do we do at this point? We have one, like we have a few options, but we can only make one choice because we don't have enough daylight to try another option. And so, it obviously hyping up to this hunt. We thought the antler growth was gonna be really good, so I was really excited for this hunt. And I was really excited to hopefully get a really nice bull, which I did get a really nice bull, but hoping to get like a, a large bull, especially for that ranch and the growth on that ranch. But um, it was very stressful, and um, I was worried, honestly, that I was gonna have to shoot a small bull because I was like what if I don't get one tonight what happens and so I was very worried and I was stressed but luckily and I definitely had to say I was definitely praying a lot um and I had like I don't know I had like cross from and I just went on like a school retreat that was very spiritual so I was very kind of in like that God had set and I, I definitely was praying a lot and I don't pray a lot on my hunts and I'm it was definitely one of the hunts that I prayed a lot on and I definitely am thankful to the Lord for that for getting me that bowl it was it was kind of I was praying that he would like reveal to us a bowl that I would be able to shoot and kind of after I started saying that we got the call from Trina that she had a bowl that we could go get after and that it was close to the road and it was the whole hunt like the stalks we went on were maybe mile long stalks they were hard um and that one he was right off the road um obviously didn't shoot him from the road we had to walk in a little bit but it was kind of one of the easier stalks and it came at just enough time to where I had enough light to shoot him so it was kind of one of those things that I was like calling like a god thing um but I, I was definitely stressed um but I'm very thankful that I was able to make the shot that I that I was able to make the shot that I did um but like my sheep hunts none of them had really been that rushed that down to the wire um except for maybe my desert sheep that probably was oh and my fourth sheep my fan ram because um, we had hiked for miles to get that ram and I shot him semi-prone like honestly not even prone it was kind of laying parallel to the um like against the mountain but kind of sideways so that i think that shot was one of the most it was also those two were um my top three longest shots so it was both of those were very stressful moments um uh, but luckily i was able to make shots on make good shots on all of those but definitely um this elk hunt kind of goes up there with the more stressful shots because we were down to the wire running out of daylight um and on the last day. So it was definitely one of the most stressful ones. Um, my final sheep probably goes up with that. But we weren't racing the clock of, t of like daylight on my last sheep hunt. It was just kind of, we were far and we had a rough setup. And <coughs> obviously it was a Fannin ram. So this is like one of the only rams I could shoot. We didn't know where they were going to be the next day. Um, but yeah, those were definitely some of my top two stressful shots that I've had. It was a great shot too, Jen. Oh, my mom's here. She Hi just Jay. joined. <laughs> Hi, Carol. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Now I guess I can say my second favorite Griego's now on the podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because I've already said Jennifer's my favorite, and Bob said that was a little awkward. <laughs> That's okay. He's we like, have favorites. Hey, I'm sitting right here. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're taking favorites, and I'm sitting right here. Yeah, he, Bob can handle that. Plus, we always say we have favorites <laughs> in our family. We have three children, and we say one of, our, one of you are our favorite. I'll let you guys figure that out. <laughs> say hi to Jean for me. I'll do it, and it sounds like you got a nice bull as well. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, I, know, I was just walked into Jennifer's conversation about her uh, hunts being stressful. The shot she made was incredible. I mean, it was, it was, it was far, and that was one element. The other element was that, I'm sure, I don't want to repeat it, but the angle was just like, oh my God, when is she going to take that shot? Because it just was never quartering you know away and so i was like oh my god and when it went down i was like that is awesome so it was for just a drop like that it's oh. incredible and i'm sure you were like that's my girl oh that's my god my i was I like that. that is a stud and i've always told the kids jennifer especially that when i go on a hunt i always i just i like to be with them to watch them do it because i kind of have to i take from their lead you know it's like okay so i always you know, usually Jennifer's very calm, and so are the boys, so it's really fun for me to kind of watch them do it, and then I try to mimic them. So on my, our hunt, um, you know, I don't think Bob probably would mention that a lot of the bulls uh, weren't around. There just weren't uh, big bulls around, so 
after Jennifer left and it was exciting and off she went and then Bob and I had the rest of the hunt to do and we had three days and we didn't see anything you know the next day and then the next day it's like okay we have one last day and here I'm like you know what we c- any bull will do and Bob's like no 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 Bob was saying stay the course on a, on a big one it looks like you got a good one yeah, yeah, she did. She definitely yeah. uh, got a nice bull. The only thing, the reason I held out on that bull was because he had amazing tops, um, but his front were a little bit short, but obviously he was still an amazing bull. And I, I told my mom after I shot mine, I'm like, hey, mom, now you have to get this bull for me because yes. I, did, I wasn't able to get it. Um, and it was funny. I got the text of the picture of my mom's bull in the middle, well, not in the middle of class, because that would be irresponsible for me to have my phone out in the middle of class. <laughs> you wouldn't have your phone on. No, would you? no, Never. of course not. It was right. <laughs> at the be- it was right at the beginning of class and before the bell rung, and I had put my phone away, but I checked my watch and my watch because I have the app watch, and it showed the picture of my mom's bull. And I was like, oh my gosh! And so I ran to the to get my phone. And I had the picture. and I showed my friend who was standing above me, and he told me when I got my bull, he's like, man, Jen, your bull is huge. So I'm like, dude, look at the bull my mom just got. And he goes, <laughs> he cuts me. He's like, he's like, holy beep. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Jen, you're, you just got passed up by your mom. And I was <laughs> like, I know, I definitely did. But I'm glad that if anyone were to pass me up, I'm glad I was my mom. Yeah, I got the orders from Jen. Go get that one. And yeah. But Bob and I and, and um, Corey were on another bull that was uh, supposed to be the biggest one on the ranch. And I was like, oh, he's a 7x7. Seven seven. Hardly anyone's been seeing him. He's, you know, he's... He's cagey. He, you know, goes in and out of the junipers, and then he's never with any cows. And so we had a couple people um, spotting for us, and Trina saw it, and she's like, oh, my gosh, you guys, he's right there. He's right there. So we stalked him up on him, and we were about 100 yards away, and I was like, Bob is setting up the, the shooting sticks, and he's okay, put a round in it. And I said, okay. And I'm behind them, and I try to put the round in, and it wouldn't close. The bolt wouldn't close. And I'm like, Bob. Bob, Bob. He's like, what, what? I said, get over here. Try to get this to close. And we still couldn't see the bull because he was behind the junipers. And Trina was in Corey's ear saying, okay, he's looking right at you guys. He's looking right at you guys. I don't know if you guys are call, call calling or what, but he, he's, he knows you're there. And we were making, so Bob came back, tried to get the bolt to close. It wouldn't. And then Corey comes back and tries to get the bolt to close. By then. There was a lot of clanking. We yes. had to empty oh, the magazine. No. We had to take the bolt out. I think a little oh piece of gosh. copper had fouled the tracks. Um, for the bolt, and we could not get it to close. And finally, we were able to get it to close mm. and uh, called, and the bull started coming in. It came in like 10 yards further, and it was only about 120 yards from us. But I don't know if the wind swirled or if he just heard enough clanking, and he took off. So we never really saw him very well. And, and after that, oh. it was a drought for two days. Yeah, that we was Tuesday, and then absolutely nothing on Wednesday. And we were leaving Thursday, so the pressure was on to find something on Thursday. And we kind of knew where Jennifer's bull was that she passed up. So we go, well, let's go find that guy. So we did, and it was a, you know, Monty Python, stop, set up, for five miles. And chat, or Corey was just like, okay, don't bring your backpack. Don't bring any water. He's 100, 100, 100 yards ahead. We're going to just take this shot. And, and yeah, that was when they first fine. saw him, they were just a little bit off the road. And so Corey's like, all right, we'll just go 100 yards and we'll shoot from not, yeah, not far from the truck. Yeah, he was 500 yards away from us. We thought we'd get within 400, make a shot. Then the wind was blown right at him and took off. And we, Jay, we ran for five miles. It was like a two-hour deal stock. to try to catch but, but, up to him. But a stock on on, on uh, steroids because <laughs> it was like, and you know how Corey is. I mean, he's got long legs, long strides, and... And, you know, we had to kind of be quiet. So look where you're stepping. And there's cactus and rocks. And, it's like, and there's oh lava God. rocks. The terrain is terrible, though. Especially yep. we have to walk Rattle fast. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And also there was Corey, then Bob, then me. And so Bob had the shooting sticks. I had the gun. So it's like I know eventually, you know, every stop we made, he would, the bull would make it between junipers and open up. And then I'd finally get up to them, get the, Bob, get the shooting stick set up. I put the rifle on there, got the crosshairs on, gone. And there were 20 cows, so there were many times you couldn't shoot because he wasn't clear. Yeah, yeah it was, it was oh, unbelievable. And I was, you know, winded, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So finally. Um, it's especially hard to take that shot when you're trying to catch your breath and you can't calm down. You yes. can't, like, lower your movement enough, you know. Especially on shooting sticks, you're not exactly the most stable. Yeah, and I've kind of been spoiled. And Bob probably saying, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, Bob's, you know, got us pretty spoiled because it just, like, sets it all up so that the gun's not moving and... And so I really didn't factor that in when I put, every time I put the rifle on the, on the shooting sticks, I'd look and then I'd have to move again and run to the next time. So when we finally came to the shot, he And Jay, by the way, I'm not telling her the range, but it's 600 yards. 
And it's like, do yeah, you feel comfortable? You don't want her to really know, probably. <laughs> and I, I did I'm, ask I'm adjusting at first. The turret. I'm like, do you feel comfortable? No. Okay, then don't take it. But no elbow support shooting off of uh, shooting sticks. And especially after you've been running for yeah. literally two hours, out of breath and getting tired, it's difficult to get set up and make a good shot standing. You know, it's one thing to get prone, but... But go ahead, Carol. So tell them what finally how you finally got your chance. Uh, yeah. So um, he, you know, the cows cleared, so there was a shot, um, and it was he was quartering away, so it was a good shot. But good he, position. they finally stopped at a water hole because yeah. it was the last water before they were dropping into a canyon, so that slowed them down, and we were able to get. But he, they didn't up. see us because he's moving around, so he was still moving kind of slowly. But I took the shot, and I was way off, way back on the you know the back left thigh. Our, you know, but you know the hip area, and I'm like, dang! Yeah. And so I get back on it right away. And, and this is 375 yards, by the way. And um, he, he finally stopped because he didn't go down at all, but he, he could tell the leg was um, tell injured. Was so he stood to the side, perfect shot. All I had to do is just take my time. Now at this point, I'm my, you know, I'm still winded, I'm still breathing. And the crosshairs are going up and down and up and down. I'm trying to hold my breath, and finally, but he still still in, stood stood still enough for me to take the shot, and then he. Again, he went down, and I was a little off. Just dropped him. Perfect. But, oh, I was so relieved. I was like, because I said to myself, if I, if this guy gets off, you know, after having one or two shots in him, I was just going to be so devastated. So I was like, please, dear Lord, let me get this one. And and when now, it went Carol, down. was that your first elk? First bull. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, anyway, that was, it was uh, a story for each of us. It was, it was, mm-hmm. it was really fun. Yeah, you pressure that shots. But pressure shots. Yeah. Mom made a good shot, and. Luckily, we've been trained well by my father. Yeah. Can't tell him that too much or he gets a little cocky, but <laughs> we were trained well and we <laughs> made good gets shots. A little big. <laughs> yeah. But so it's what true. What are we doing with the bulls? Are we doing European mounts? Are we doing full mounts? What are we doing? Shoulder mounts. Shoulders. Shoulder mounts. And you would, you would love the main beams on, on Carol's J, 58 and a half inch main beams. Wow. Yeah, it looked like you had really good beams. Now, are you going to repair a couple of those points or are you going to leave them as is? We're going to repair them. You know, uh, they have pictures yeah. and video of that bull a couple yeah. weeks before intact. So, Yeah, so yeah. he was a 363, and Jen's was a... With th- about 20 inches broken off. So he's wow. like a 383 bull if he hadn't broken off the point, you know, the inches off his fourth. So. Wow. Spectacular bull. And Jennifer's was good, 355 awesome. or something. 353. Yeah. And, and, and Jay, you're familiar with the bet that uh, Jennifer no, no, and Timmy no, no, had no, no, before. No, 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 no. The shot. We didn't shake on it. We didn't shake on it. Yeah, right, we didn't Jen? shake on it. There is no bet. So they had the it same bet. It was merely spoken of. Spoken of. <laughs> you should do that on the podcast, right? Loser on your forehead with Sharpie. Your mom gets to do it. <laughs> I just showered. <laughs> yes. No. But uh, Mom's too the kind. to this bet? That's what I want to know. Exactly. Dad is the only uh, witness. I'm the witness. And he, he goes, you guys should make the bet. And we were like, eh, no. I don't know. Yeah. And then he goes, you guys are going to make the bet. And we are like, oh, like, we didn't. We never agreed to it, never shook on it. It was never official. I'm pretty sure that if your mom had lost, you'd be saying that it was already agreed upon. I hundred. My mother. I would not write loser on my mother's head. I would Thank write loser you, on your head oh and David and Timmy's, but not my mother. <laughs> See, I gave her life, so I guess I get a little couple bonus points. Yeah, she would do it to you, Bob, but not her mother. Mm-hmm. She, she would tattoo it. Really if I ever fell asleep <laughs> in her presence, I'd wake up with one of those, you know, neck tattoo type things right across yep. my forehead, yep. permanent. But yeah, I want to thank you, sure. Jay, for, uh, I follow you on Instagram, so it's always great seeing the stuff that you post on there, because all the big elk uh, that you post on there, it's helpful for me to kind of gauge, because I'm not used to seeing a whole ton of bulls. And That's what she did to study for this. I told her to yeah, look at pictures and videos for trying to field judge him, and she's like, well, I was on Jay's cool. pod, Jay's Instagram, and listening to his podcast. And <laughs> yeah, I watched oh, a couple. Was, of, was awesome. I, I looked up, I looked up, like, elk scoring videos on YouTube, and, like, the first 15 that pulled up were all Jay Scott. Uh, I was like, Okay. <laughs> Imagine that, huh? Yeah, you're Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I do have one, well, I have several questions. How is my buddy Bandit Griego doing? <laughs> he's doing good. In <laughs> fact, he, misses he, you. he roams around, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with Bandit? I think he wait, he's waiting for Jay to he come back. He misses Jay, yeah. So he's I think a, he misses Jay. Bandit is our wire head pointing Griffon. He's yep. a little sad and a little depressed that he hasn't seen <laughs> Jay. <you in laughs> he hasn't seen Jay. So it's when, you come, when you guys come over, you'll be like, there's my long-lost buddy. Yeah. Jay. Yep. You know what's funny? We were walking this summer. We were walking in Aspen, and up on there's like some trails out of there. And here, coming down the trail, I swear it's Bandit Griego, <laughs> <dragging> <laughs> this lady, and I'm like, 
unbelievable. I stopped the lady. I wanted to pet him and everything, yep. and, and it was like, <laughs> there is Bandit. I mean, it looked exactly yep. like your dog. It was amazing. Isn't it yeah. funny? Yeah, the breed is it's so funny. So they're, like, duplicated. Like They're, like, totally carbon copies of each one of them. Every, every dog you see, like, there it is, there yeah. it is. Yeah, Bandit's cute. Yeah, I, I would say to the people, what kind of dog is it? Wire-haired pointing Griffon. Yeah, so I would tell people if you haven't seen one, I mean, I'm not saying that they're the most strikingly beautiful dogs, but mm-hmm. they really get under your skin. Like, all of a sudden, you're just like, that's the coolest dog I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When you first look at him, you're like, that's kind of a strange-looking exactly. dog. And all of a sudden, he just he just uh, wears on you and uh, becomes your favorite. So I'm excited to see him. Gene and I will be home here probably within a couple weeks, by oh, 10 awesome. days, and um, we have to get together and, For and sure. uh, come by and see those elk and your new house right you're gonna be park. we'd be going yep. oh the, nice yep in the new house so we're excited and uh that's we'll awesome. be not neighbors but pretty darn close that's oh i'm awesome. excited yeah. i'm excited awesome. that's awesome well we miss not having you in the guest house though it's not been the same no it really yeah hasn't. It, uh we really enjoyed our time there for sure it was <laughs> uh it was super fun the game nights and uh, mm-hmm. all of the fun stuff so uh, and Tim, it looked like, did he get injured or something? It looked like I saw a shoulder in a cast or something. Yeah, he had elbow surgery. He injured it in baseball. Um, and then after a couple of years, um, he quit baseball with football, with weight training and stuff like that. He made it worse. And I'll have the doctors elaborate on it because I can only speak to the normal people level. Um, but, yeah, he ended up, he had surgery. And they had to take out, like, bone and cartilage fragments in the socket. Yeah. Yep, that's the yeah, it was wild, Jay. So he had a little bit of trouble which, with it. Which arm? His right, right arm. Oh, man. Yeah, they did an x-ray, and they saw these bone and calcified calcified cartilage fragments, and they're like, you know, a centimeter diameter, like the diameter of your little finger, these balls in there. He had six of them mm-hmm. inside the joint. And the orthopedic surgeon, Gary Wazlewski, who does the Cardinals and the D-backs and the Coyotes and um, and the Suns, he, he looked at the MRI and goes, man, that's a really nasty-looking injury. And when so he did it with a scope and took out the pieces of cartilage and had to grind down about an inch diameter area on, at the end of the humerus in the elbow, you know, your upper arm bone, because the bone was dead. Mm-hmm. And he told us that was like the worst one he's ever seen. And so Timmy's all proud of how tough he is that he had the worst elbow injury with that chronic issue that he'd seen. And I said, Timmy, you don't want to brag about having the worst injury the doctor sees. <laughs> <laughs> that shouldn't be like one of your big talking points that I had the worst problem the doctor ever had to deal with. So no, knowing Timmy, it was probably like, man, my my shoulder really hurts, guys. And and the two doctors were like, you're fine, take a couple. <laughs> I Jeez, guys, my shoulder, it, it really hurts. You're <laughs> fine, just take a little couple Advil, and then the next thing you know, he's in surgery, saying it's the worst one the guy's seen. Is it? I mean, is he going to have full recovery, or what's the he status? He should, hopefully. Yeah, he should. He's supposed to give it six months of new bone growth. And yeah, that's well, the problem is not being able to put any weight on it. So no pushing, no pulling, no nothing, just normal range of motion. So Yeah, and knowing Timmy, he loves to do everything to yeah. that pushes his elbow to its limits. And the it main issue he had was he didn't feel the pain. Yeah. So it made it yeah. hard because he couldn't feel pain. And, and even now it doesn't really hurt to move it. So it makes it hard for him to not and move it. And I told it. Timmy, no sense, no feeling. I think that's why he couldn't feel <laughs> the pain. Yeah. But, yeah, he, if he stays off of it, like, obviously... It's hard for him to stay off of it. He can't fish. Um, he can't shoot his say, bow. He can't cast. He can't cast. Mm-hmm. He can't shoot his bow. He can't do anything. No. He can shoot a rifle though, and he's got he's got uh, three tags coming up at the end of the year that he'll be able to hunt with. But he can't shoot a bow or ride a bike or do anything that puts pressure on it till February. You so. can't even ride a bike. Unreal. No, no, because body weight on the arms, on the hands. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And obviously, no football. I'm sure he's bummed about that. Oh, but he's I'm devastated. Not, I'm not real high on football anyway, so that doesn't. I just hate seeing anybody get hurt, mm-hmm. um, you yeah, know, yeah. playing football. But uh, Yeah, well, he loves football so much. It's his burning passion. So mm-hmm. he he still goes to practices and yep. like, does Every leg stuff. And 5.30 runs. in the morning, he joins the team. He's he helping him out. Lo- he goes to Attaboy. the varsity game just to help out in the box or on the field. Like, he lives and breathes football. Uh, and it hur- I feel bad that kid can't do it because he yeah. loves it so much. But hopefully he'll yeah. be okay. Hopefully he'll fully recover and be able to do it again. But yeah, yeah. Next season he should yeah. be in and good to go. So yeah, luckily, yeah. like I told him, luckily it's his sophomore year. Uh, he already played freshman year, so the coaches mm-hmm. kind of know it's not his junior or senior year. Uh, if it was his senior year, I would feel absolutely terrible because if he couldn't play a senior year, yeah. he would probably he 
like be so sad about it but yeah. luckily to sophomore year he's able to still work with the team the coaches love him like everyone loves timmy yeah um so yeah he still definitely puts in the effort to the football team even though he's not on the field with them that's awesome. good for him that's that's great that he's still doing that and still has the discipline to stay out there and mm-hmm. help the team any way he can so that's really cool and tell him if his shoulder isn't ready that we can uh chase those turkeys with a machete yeah. <laughs> he, he can use his left hand and we'll uh, try and try and uh, lay in the weeds and use a machete on him yeah that we're looking forward to that ghouls deer or ghouls turkey hunt with you next spring That'll either that or just yeah. going or he's he loves to run and chase and tackle them so let's see if yeah, he yeah. now that, that he's working his yeah. legs maybe he'll get we'll faster their neck. right mm-hmm. yeah. exactly yeah awesome yeah. well awesome catching up with the three of you yeah, yeah. and too. so and Jay earlier you mentioned Jennifer has a birthday coming up tomorrow. She turns eighteen, <laughs> which is a huge milestone for yeah. with cystic fibrosis and everything. And we're so blessed with the advances in the medications, and she's doing very well. And a big part of the advances come from generosity. And yeah. you and Jean were tremendously yeah. generous with a big donation to the CF Foundation this winter. And I wanted to give you a shout out for your generosity and kindness for your listeners that. They know you're a good hunter, a great hunter, a great outdoorsman, and a great podcast host. Um, you're also a great person, a very generous guy, and a religious person, a great American, and we're very grateful for what you've done for cystic fibrosis research and your friendship and all you've done for us. So mm-hmm. thank you. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it, we're just happy to do it. And, you know, I always say people ask me on my Instagram, who's your hero? I always mm-hmm. say Jen Griego. Mm-hmm. And we're just happy to see her flourish and, and do as great as she's done. And Jen, how are you feeling? How are your, you know, how are your different levels? And, you know, how are you doing? Good. Yeah. Um, I'm on the clinical trial that I've been on for, I think, a year. Exactly a year. Yeah, exactly a year this mm-hmm. month. Uh, I've been on this drug. It's helped my lung function tremendously. It's brought me from 65 to 78%. Um, awesome. yeah, it's helped a ton and that's even like without me working out. So when I start training, I'm going to hike the Grand Canyon in March. So when I start really training for that, my lung function will hopefully go up even more. And it's definitely helped a lot. Um, especially on the elk hunt that I went on, um, last weekend, I was keeping up with the guy and like my mom said, Corey yeah. has super long legs and that guy just goes, Jennifer was um, right behind him. Totally got caught. You know, kept and that up was a fast paced yep. five or six mile hike. Yep. And, uh, we were like, man, she's right there, not out of breath, and yep. just did great. Yeah, so it's definitely helped a lot with everything. Um, so, yeah, hopefully only continue to get better. Hopefully um, it's the drug I'm on is hopefully will be approved by the FDA to help so many other people with CF because it's helped me so much. It's helped other people in the trial so much. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely done really well for me. I've been doing better. Um, and, I, <coughs> like I said, I'll hike the Grand Canyon in March, so hopefully – it will help me stay in shape for that, and hope, like my dad says, when I start training, hopefully my lung function will go up maybe into the 80s, which it hasn't been up there in yep, since rec- you were a little yeah, kid. since I was really young. So Yeah, yeah. and this drug, um, in, in probably in the early spring, we hope that this drug will go to the FDA and get final approval because this drug will then be eligible for all the, almost 90% of, even more, no, more than 90% of the CF patient population will be eligible and benefit from this drug. So it's going to be, it's awesome. a huge groundbreaking uh, milestone for the CF population, so it's been, uh, it's long awaited for many people, many of the CF adults that have severe lung disease are just, just begging for this drug, so it's, we're all very grateful, uh, and just hope it's going to be here soon, so everybody needs it. Awesome, Awesome. that's fantastic to hear, and Jen, I know uh, with your birthday coming tomorrow, happy birthday, turn 18, and um, I know you're a senior in high school and yep. you've got uh, college on your plate i don't want to push you anyway but <laughs> asu <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, i will say that uh, i wasn't disappointed i think the wildcats lost last weekend so that was I was <laughs> excited to see that and yes. um and i, I five don't and push one. you in any one direction <laughs> <laughs> asu yeah <laughs> exactly and, that's awesome uh, you've got some exciting stuff in front of you and it's been awesome to hear all the different podcasts and see you flourish with your podcast. So um, my hat's off to you for, for having some great hunts and uh, just really going above and beyond on the podcast and providing value and having some great guests. And I think you've really found a niche uh, and you're, you're really good at it. And uh, just, just want to congratulate you on all your success. Well, thank you. And thank you for everything you've done to help me 
get into the podcast to tell me what to get, help me learn how to edit and everything like that. You definitely have helped me so much. You've been a great mentor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say, you know, I when you say help you how to edit, that's a <laughs> little that's a little bit of a um, you know mis <laughs> a misspoken word because I showed you about three different things, and then within the first day, you were showing me things like <laughs> yeah. this is a shortcut how to do that, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> and uh, so you're a whiz at that. So, and when does tennis start up now? That's that's a spring sport, right? Yeah. So. Um at our school, we have a class, um, so our last period of the day will be tennis, so we can, so we don't have to miss as much school. So I'll start conditioning with my team in January, uh, and then tryouts for the first week of February. So it's coming awesome. up pretty fast, yeah. Good. Yep, I'm excited. Hopefully, um, I've been training, so yeah, yeah, it'll be a good team this year. So hopefully, we lost our number three, four, and five because they were seniors. So uh, I've been working hard to hopefully make varsity and play a lot this year but yeah i'm excited to see where the team goes we're supposed to have some good freshmen so yeah i'm really excited for it that's super awesome i'm excited for that um when does the when does the uh griego cross get lit up when is when is the inauguration day for uh for, for the cross behind the house going up that's Pretty a great soon. question we have to put it up here Gosh, I get so busy. And is that Thanksgiving? Or? We usually light it Thanksgiving weekend where we have to go up and rebuild it. You know, it's Just 100 feet tall and 50 feet across. It, yeah. So we have to restring the lights every year. And um, gosh, I guess we'll do it uh, maybe the weekend of Halloween, the week of Halloween. Yeah. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah. but it'll be For those of you that are listening, uh, the Griegos just do an awesome thing. They have a ginormous cross that's lit up. Uh, it's ground level, but they kind of live on the side of a mountain, and you can just see it from, I mean, all over the parts of the valley. You can just see mm -hmm. this giant cross, uh, and it's uh, just a testimony to their faith and, and uh, the courage, you know, just to do that in this day and age, and, and uh, is awesome. I know when Gene and I stayed there uh, last winter, we, we were fortunate to stay in the Griego guest house there, and um, it was so cool, you know, being able to drive home at night yeah. and see that cross from miles around, and um, you know, you guys, your family, you let your light shine, and, and um, I'm super proud that you guys are my friends, and um, like I said, it's been fun watching Jen just really flourish with this podcast, and I can't wait to see where it goes, and I'm excited to see you guys uh, when we get back here in, in under two weeks, so. Awesome. Yeah, we'll super definitely get together. You guys having me on. Yeah, yeah we'll I have you over. Wait. We'll cook up some gator and some tenderloins, and <laughs> it'll be awesome. We look forward yeah. to seeing your place. Maybe we can play tennis on there doesn't your new place have a tennis court yes it does all right, all right. that sounds like a great time i have to have sure. mixed doubles or something oh my god i gotta gosh. freshen up yikes <laughs> <laughs> david's actually surprisingly good he yes. we were out on the court with I'll him he can he still he can still hit the ball uh timmy tried but he's good at everything there's nothing is. david isn't good at <laughs> i'm glad okay. he's not here to hear that <laughs> just, yeah, just he wouldn't be able to get through the door exactly right. exactly yeah. all right well thank you so much jay i know you're out on like you said the odd six ranch um out there hunting so thank you for taking the time out here to talk to us um and thank you i love talking to you it's so much fun um obviously we've known you for a long time you're a great friend and every time i talk to you it is just a great time so thank you so much for coming on here thank you so much for getting me into this podcast for helping me start it out um, I definitely would not be here today on this podcast without you. And, yeah, so thank you so much for everything. Awesome. Yeah, you, that's quite generous of you. I appreciate you guys having me on. And God bless all of you, and we'll see you here shortly, okay? Yeah, and thank you again for your support with CF, like my dad mentioned. And I can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks. We will definitely have some fun, maybe play some games, eat some gator, and have some tenderloins. It'll be a blast. Can't wait. Thank you so awesome. much, Jay. Let's do it. Thanks, Jay. Take Thanks, care, Jay. Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye. Uh, all right, like I said, I love talking to Jay. He is a longtime friend. He is such a sweet, genuine person. Um, I love spending time with him, love uh, having phone calls with him, and just sharing stories. It is so much fun, um, and I can't wait to see him in a couple weeks when he comes down here. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Please leave a review and contact me if you want to hear anything, you want me to talk to anybody else. And subscribe. Yeah. That's important. <laughs> yes. Um, subscribe to the podcast so it will help other people find you and yeah. and help spread the word. That's yep. right. All right. Um, well, thank you guys for listening because, you know, life is short and so am I. And I'm just trying to make the most out of every day. And I hope that you guys do, too. I hope you all have a great journey and you make it an epic one. Well, you better know the bottom if you want to be a climber.
Cause there's always another one a little bit higher Just when I think I'm finally done I'm staring at another one So I reach down deep and I lace them up tighter It was only a mountain Nothing but a big old rock Only a mountain Just took a little step, a right then a left, then a couple million more who's came.